Welcome to the Hope New Podcast, a podcast for parents of children impacted by disabilities, where we believe there's beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Your hosts are Jonathan and Sarah McGuire. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Jonathan. When families begin their journey in special needs, they often find themselves thrown into a system that they know nothing about. Which system is that? The medical and insurance system. Ah, uh, yes. Not only do you have the doctor appointments and hospital visits that you're managing, but then you have to figure out how to pay for it all. It's all a little overwhelming and can add a lot of stress in what's already a stressful time. Yes. That's why I love today's interview with Tia Lynn Scott. Tia Lynn is the founder of Critically Loved. And in today's interview, she gives some practical tips for managing the healthcare and insurance needs of our children that will help take some or a lot of the stress out of the process. Yes, she gives some excellent information, so you won't want to miss this interview. Tia Lynn, welcome to the Hope Anew podcast. We are so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with you guys. As we get going, can you take a moment and introduce us to your family? Sure. My husband and I... Just been married a couple of years, but he is a great support to me. And I have three children, ages 22, 20, and 7. So I have a very wide range of children and life stages. Lots of fun and excitement and keeping me young, for sure. Mm, that's great. <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful, delightful family. Yeah, it is. Nice. Would you mind sharing about your journey in special needs? Sure. Knew nothing about it until about 20 years ago when my daughter was born and doctors actually wanted me to abort, said there's no way this child will be born alive, Mm. abort, get it over with. And I said, absolutely not. I was actually a a counselor at a crisis pregnancy center at the time and would counsel young girls against abortion. I just decided to take a leap of faith and just trust God with her and pray for healing and you know, she ended up being born alive and then has far out exceeded, you know, any doctor's expectations of what her life would be like and the length of her life for sure. I so love that. her name is Celia Faith. It means blind faith or heavenly faith because yeah. that's truly what we have for her. Beautiful. And things were pretty calm until after she was born until about age five. You know, we had specialist visits and doctor visits and things, but at age five, uh, she had a massive internal bleed that sent her into a week at the hospital and it was very rare condition. She's one of six children currently that have this condition nationwide Mm. that we know of and was sent into going to specialists out of network with insurance, you know, homeschooling and all of these like practical things about managing your child's health care. And I just didn't know where to start at all. And nobody was there to walk alongside me. And, you know, she was homeschooled because I didn't even know about 504 education plans or anything that were options for families like me or how to help with medical bills or what I do with denied medical claims. And it took me about 10 years to really figure that out and get my footing. And so at the in 2015 said, you know what, I've got to help other parents not struggle like I did. Mm-hmm. And so started Critically Love and aside my spare time while working another job and in 2017 decided to go all in, had a change of life circumstances and I had to either let critically love go or go all in. And so just took a big leap of faith and decided to go all in, not knowing how I was going to provide for my children being a single mom and just sold my house and put some money in the bank and bought a cheaper house, you know, with my mom and just lived on that for a while. 
here we are a few mm. years later doing critically love full time and can't imagine doing any other job now at all. So that's, that's amazing. how we got started doing that. Yeah. yeah. And I love your vision for it. I'm amazed in your story too, how you say it took you 10 years to figure out the system basically. Yes. And, yes. And I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> Oh, maybe that's why I never figured it out. You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, all our son's medical stuff was denied. Nothing was ever paid for. We covered everything out of pocket. Yeah, so frustrating. Yeah, it's so, so frustrating. I'm excited to have you yes. share your knowledge with us and our audience because this is such critical information. Right. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing with parents is, you know, you don't know what you don't know as you're trying to navigate through it and you don't even know where to turn for resources or even with insurance stuff, you know. Yeah. And you're so it's just overwhelmed you're spinning. in the middle of it. Like, how do you have time to figure Absolutely. that out, too? That's the most frustrating part, I think, is that there's not people to come alongside you. And there's not really other nonprofits doing what we're doing completely. There's some that do, you know, things here and there. And if there's a specialty charity for the nonprofit or for the child's diagnosis, then they have more help than kiddos without that, for sure. But most of the children's diagnosis that are medical they just don't have any help to help point them in those those directions. So we definitely, definitely want to make it easier for parents than what I had it for sure, because yeah. <laughs> it was a struggle. Yeah. Just trying to keep your head above water and caring for your child with it when your focus should be taking care of your child, not trying to figure out all the practical stuff of it. Right. So, yeah, it's you it's guys are coming in at such a needed point to help the parents yeah. with that before. Before most of us had had children, we maybe went to the doctor for a regular checkup. As soon as we entered the special needs journey, a lot of families find themselves going to the doctor or the hospital multiple times a week. As we said, it can be overwhelming and not mm-hmm. we we don't know where to turn. So, as we come alongside parents, or as you come alongside parents, what tips would you give to the parent of a newly diagnosed child to manage their their health care? The number one thing that I always ask parents is, do you have a case manager with your insurance company for your child? Hmm. And if they don't, oh, please start there. Hmm. So every insurance company is required to offer case managers or any kind of special needs. And so you may call the the number on the back of your card and ask for their case management system. If they tell you they don't have one, not true. You know, Uh even me who knows the system took me a month to get that with Anthem because they just, nobody knew that those departments even existed, which is really frustrating. Is that, I'm sorry, I'm sort of jumping right in. It's like, wow, I'm already learning things here. So do you know, does that apply to like your group share programs? So like Samaritans or some of these other Uh, things? I don't know the answer to that. I know that all the major medical insurance companies have it and also Medicaid. And so like if a child has Medicaid through the state, they're actually the best ones to work with as far as help getting things approved. But what a case manager does is you're dealing with one person and they are there to advocate for your behalf, your child's behalf with the insurance company. And so let's say that your medicine is not approved or, you know, it's being denied or they really need to get a procedure done. And there's a lot of hoops that have to be jumped through with well, a case manager helps let that whole process go through and get and be approved. And so I can't stress that enough. If you don't have a case manager, get one and then keep one. So they might shut, like if you don't utilize them for 
you know, a few months, they might shut your case down. Hmm. So ask them questions. Any little thing that comes to mind, you can call in and ask them a question to keep your case active. And then also, if they do shut your case down, a lot of times you can call back in and get the same one and the case will be reopened and you'll still have that same as long as they're still employed there, you'll still have the same case manager. So, man, I wish I would have known that that's 20 years ago. That would have been great, great information to have. So that's that's really the first thing. What are like the parameters? Is there like a diagnosis parameter for that or? Nope. So it's any kind of special need, any, any kind, kind of, of special need. If your child is in the doctor's office a lot, get a case manager. Yeah. Okay. So would that apply to say a child with cancer as well, or is it more disability? Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, absolutely. Any kind of medical condition where they're going to be seeing a doctor a lot, you need a case manager. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. I know. Right. I wish everybody knew that. Like that's a game changer <laughs> right there. Yes. It helps so much. And you just feel like you're not in it alone and that, just having that one person and not being passed around to like 10 different people every time you call the insurance company yes. is so incredibly having helpful. Start over every time you call. That cuts the and stress level down yes. so much, just having that so one. So much. Yeah. And then a lot of insurance companies will even reimburse for travel and they'll help pay for, you know, your gas, your food, your lodging, if you have to go more than 40 miles away. And so always check with your insurance company about that if they have travel reimbursement or they'll pay for your airline ticket or things like that if it needs to be, you know, really far away. So those things can take a while to get approved. But my daughter is now on disability because she's over 18 and it's no longer dependent on the household income at all. And so she has Medicaid through the state. And so they reimburse us, pay for hotel when we have to go to Cincinnati every time we have to go up there, which is, you know, an hour and a half, two hours away from us. So Hmm. that's really helpful when those things add up. (laughs) So just knowing those resources are available. The third tip is to, if you have like a high deductible with your insurance company, check with your pharmaceutical companies of the medications your child are on, because they might have cost share programs available that would help meet your deductible. And so you can like plan ahead for the year. So, you know, come January 1, like one of my daughter's medications is a blood clotting factor. It's very expensive. It's $3,000 a dose. She gets several doses a week. And, you know, before she was on disability and when she was under 18, we had a very high deductible. So $7,000 deductible every year. Hmm. So I would plan ahead and make sure I had the prior authorizations ready. I would have the prescription ready. I'd have it into the pharmacy you know, the first thing to hit that year was that medicine. It didn't always work out because she usually ended up in the hospital first and they usually built <laughs> very, very quickly, but it did help out, you know, some, but if you can plan it ahead of time and then like that medicine is so expensive that they will cover up to $12,000 of your deductible and it's not income based. It's just, if you're on this medicine, we will help meet your de- deductible. Mm. And so just things like that for the families to help plan ahead and and to know what cost share programs are available and those are directly through the pharmaceutical companies that make their medicines okay at first i was like okay so we go up to cvs and ask them about the about your say, nope. whoever the maker of that pharmaceutical pharmaceutical yes. is. okay yeah and my daughter was on that medicine for three years before somebody even told us about it oh, like how many okay. thousands of dollars would that have wow. saved our family yeah if we would have known because we always you know we always got the out of pocket max for every year for her sure. and for our insurance mm-hmm. you know it's at least ten thousand dollars a year so just knowing about those things are very 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 helpful for families yes. like, like her. <laughs> yeah that's huge yeah money that can be used in so many other ways so that's that's good 
another tip um, I would give to parents is to have a medical binder for their child. So at Critically Loved, we supply those to families um, here locally. And we do that by working with our, we have 53 nonprofit partners and pediatric health provider partners. And they keep the binders like in their office and they provide these to the families that they're serving. But just get some a binder with divider tabs on our website at criticallyloved.org. You can go print off forms that you'll need, like a medical release. There's a summary for a medical summary. There's a template for that. So you can just, it's Word document. You can just fill it out, print it off. But it's really important that you have all of those things available and it, you know, keep it with you in your car so that when you have to go to the new doctor or you have to go to an ER, that you can just hand them a copy of your med- child's medical summary and all their information is right there. So if you have or at a facility that, say, doesn't take, doesn't have EPIC, which is, you know, the medical records database that a lot of facilities are on, but not everybody's on that. And so if they can't see your child's history, you know, in an emergency, you're going to forget stuff. You are going to forget one of your kids' medicines or one of their conditions that's really important that, or you're not there. Let's say that you're in a car wreck and you're not able to give up all that information. If there are medical binders in the car, hopefully they would find that and um, be able to treat your child. So that is the other tip that I give parents all the time. Please, please keep all their health, you know, the important health stuff in one place and even have like a smaller version of that at school or to send with them when they go to um, friends and family. Mm, That's good. That includes their insurance card, a copy of their insurance card, medical consent, so that if you're not able to be reached, they can still get the care they need. Okay, perfect. That's very valuable. Super helpful tips. And I saw you did a video on your website sort of explaining how to put together the binder. So we will put a link to that on the show notes as well. So our listeners can go check that out and uh, have you walk them through it with a, yeah. in the video form. So, yeah, a lot of those are a lot of the things I just talked about are on that, on that video, the getting started. Perfect. Yeah. There's the, the links that my child's been recently diagnosed has a lot of these same, same tips on there for sure. Excellent. Nice. So are those, I don't want to move on to the next question yet, but like, and cut you off. Is that the main body of tips you would give for a beginner parent on this journey? I was, for the practical things, I would say yes. Those are the, the things that are really important. You're going to learn a lot more along the way, but you don't want to overwhelm people too much, especially if their child was <laughs> just diagnosed. It's like, what? I've got to do all this, and I've got to stay home with my child and stop my quit my job, and like I've got to take care of this kid. What? Yeah. So yeah, those are the really important okay. things. Great. Those are yeah. I love those things, and I've learned a lot here just in those four things. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. No problem. We will return to our interview in just a moment, but first I want to ask you, who is your tribe? Do you have a group that gets it? Does your support group offer masterclasses from qualified professionals that you have access to at any time? Is it a positive, hope-filled, and encouraging group? We want to invite you to the Hope Anew online community. The goal is that together, we are building the most encouraging, real, hope-filled way for parents of children impacted by special needs and disability to engage with a group that gets it. You can have access to the community anywhere that you have your smartphone or computer. It's a private group, not hosted on Facebook, and you will find daily questions, monthly themes, regular masterclasses that you can access at any time in the resource library, and most importantly, you will have a Christ-centered group that gets it. A laugh together, cry together, pray together community that understands what you're going through without you having to explain a thing. A place where you can be real, be encouraged, and encourage others. You can join by going to hopeanew.com 
and we look forward to seeing you there. Now, we both know, as moms, of course, that being a caregiver is both physically and mentally exhausting. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you have learned to help rejuvenate you or like other moms that you've talked to, to hopefully avoid complete and utter burnout and exhaustion? Because I know I've reached that point. And Mm -hmm. a lot of moms do. So I like to try to caution moms before they reach that point. But what tips would you like to share? Oh, this is probably the one thing I talk about and speak on the most. And it is the importance of caregiver self-care. Like you are not good for your child if you are not taking care of yourself. And people out in our society kind of glorifies being so sacrificial and just always, always, always serving others. But let me tell you, you have got to take care of yourself. And I've experienced it where I wasn't and it affected my health. And then it's the snowball that like accumulates and rolls down a hill where you can't stop it because if you're doing poorly, then you're not a good caregiver and then your child's doing worse. And then the mood of your home is bad. It affects your marriage. It affects your other children. Like it is not a good place to be. So Actually, I helped develop some materials with the local nonprofit, and we use the acronym CARE, and so it's focusing on self-care. So number one, the C is for community. Mm -hmm. So if you are not involved with others walking a similar path, get involved. Mm -hmm. There are online groups. There are Bible studies. There are even MOPS. We're we're partnered up with MOPS International, and we are developing a special needs subgroup of mops and so there's always a place you can get plugged in always shameless plug here hope anew has an online community just for that purpose so awesome there we go yes so if you're not plugged in you can't find something locally get plugged in with that's right there's with no you guys. excuse awesome. to get plugged in somewhere yep. nope okay so then the a stands for away take breaks often this means scheduling a date night with your spouse or a girl's night or running errands by yourself you may think I've got to get somebody to watch my child. Yes, you're going to have to get somebody to watch your child. (laughs) You're going to have to arrange for that. Mm -hmm. And you have got to get time away. So like even if I'm in the hospital with my daughter for a week, which is, you know, that happens frequently. I go outside. I take my exercise clothes. I always pack my exercise clothes when I go to the hospital. And every day that I can, I get outside. I run stairs. I exercise. I just do something to give me a mental break. Mm -hmm. And then I'm energized. I'm ready to go back in and take care of my child. You have got to provide yourselves those breaks. Do not feel guilty about them because you are better when you take care of yourself. And that includes, you know, it might be a weekend away with your spouse, not just a date night. But you have got to get those on your calendar. Please, please, please get those on your calendar. And then the R in care stands for refresh. And so those are just like in the moments. Those are... I'm about to lose it right now, (laughs) so I'm going to step outside. I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to refocus. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I am going to reshift my mind, and I'm going to get refreshed so I can go back in and take care of my child. Don't miss those moments. That is being present in the moment. That is breathing in new life. And if you don't take that time to recenter, it's, again, going to be that bad snowball of, of an effect. For your everybody in your home because you can set the tone for your home by being as the caregiver mm-hmm. e and the care is enjoy so that is again finding joy in the present moments and being thankful for those so that's more of just a mindset 
really celebrate the small victories that you see in your child. Just your your attitude of the day really makes an effect on you and your child and everybody else in your family. Mm -hmm. And so if we are just frustrated at everything that's going on, if we're not counting, looking for the blessings amid that, then it really creates a negative atmosphere in our home. Mm -hmm. And so one book that's really good is 1000 gifts. So that was a really good book for me to like shift being watchful for the moments of joy and in critically love, we call it finding the beauty among the ashes. So if we can really say, yeah, this is hard, but today my child didn't have to go to the hospital or today I got to step outside for a minute and just listen to the birds singing and feel the sunshine on my face. You know, what are the things that you get to do for just a moment that are things that you can count as joy? And when we focus on those things, it really affects our, our whole just feel in our home. So those are the those are the big takeaways that I hope people get. Just remember that acronym CARE and yeah. community away, refresh and enjoy. That's excellent. Yeah. I, I heartily endorse and agree with every single one of those. Yeah. Those are so critical in order to go the distance mm. as a caregiver. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so practical. I mean, as you, even your example said, you said, "Hey, you can do this in the hospital, even as you, as you're waiting between procedures." So it's it's yes, yeah, it's so practical. And even with COVID restrictions, like I wasn't allowed to really leave her hospital room much, I would still try to find time to do that. So, like, even I would lay a blanket on her hospital floor, and I would do a workout session in the hospital room mm-hmm. while she was resting or something. And so, you can always, always find opportunity to do things for yourself that will. And I can't stress enough either how much exercise is important for caregivers, mm-hmm. because that not only helps relieve stress, but then it helps provide energy. And so you think, oh, I can't do one more thing today. I just cannot exercise. I can't do that. There's times you're not going to be able to do that, and that's okay. Don't beat yourself up for that. But as a general rule, you're going to need that energy to persevere because this road is hard. And so if we can, like, get in the habit of three times a week at least just doing physical activities so that we are creating that energy for ourselves, we really feel better and really helps your mindset emotionally too. Yeah, it sure does. And one of the best ways to relieve stress. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right? Yes. Burn off some of that steam, that That's frustration. Right. So yeah. better to do it there than taking it out on your child. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So much better. So we begin each podcast by saying there is beauty in the journey and purpose in the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me of a beautiful blog post that you wrote titled Here. Would you mind reading this blog post for us and sharing a little bit more about it with our audience? Sure. I'm going to try to get through it. This was written, most of the blogs that I write are written from my daughter's hospital rooms, and this is no exception, and they're written from very broken places, and it just has become very therapeutic for me to write when I'm in those really hard places. So, But it's also hard for me because it's being vulnerable, letting my walls down. It just not, does not come natural to me, so letting you see the hard is It's hard for me too, so I'll try to get through this without being too emotional, but okay. So here, right here in the dirt, in the hard, amid the soul writhing and wrestling, right in the middle of the angst and unspeakable pain, here in the questions, even as they are escaping my lips and let us not forget the doubt. This is where it happens. That is, if we allow it, this is where our pain meets purpose and where purpose produces beauty. 
this character building that I often request our creator to provide a season of respite from so I can breathe, regroup, re-energize for the next fight. I scream out, God, teach me what you want me to learn so we can move on. Show me why you are allowing this, all of this, for so long. And why are you allowing this at all? Why does my child have to suffer when I know you could just thank it and she would be made well? I have prayed. I have touched the hem of your garment. I have petitioned. I have believed. I know you are able more than able for I have seen the miracles I saw you heal her in my womb why bring her through the fire only to allow her to be burned again and again and again but here right here caked in mud dirt mixed with my sweat from the writhing ragged and torn is also where he meets me Medical decisions when made on behalf of your child bear an impossible weight, and I almost crumble. Those decisions carry effects that will reach beyond the day into their future, maybe. That is, if you chose wisely and they have a future at all. But these decisions must be made at times and a moment's notice. So the question becomes, am I making choices for her comfort or for her future? Many times she cannot have both, and the pain of that extends beyond her body and pierces straight into my already raw, overwhelmed heart. It's a teetering challenge to balance quality of life versus added days, when she cries out begging for relief in a time when I must hold out for her protection, for her future. I must tell her a gut-wrenching, soul-crushing no, because my love for her extends past the pain of today. As the words I speak to my child makes the journey to my own ears, I can feel Holy Spirit stir. The words I have spoken to my child countless times are resounding a message from my creator as he speaks to my heart. When I am in the midst of the pain, when I beg for relief from my creator, that is when I must trust that what he is allowing, he will use for good. Just as I, with my own child, God sees past my comfort and into my future. He is providing purpose in the pain. In the same way, I strive to meet my child's needs to comfort her after I have made the hard decision, so my Papa God extends the same to me. Here is where I get to crawl up in his lap. Here, this place, is where he meets me, comforts me, and extends grace I certainly didn't earn. He takes my anger, my yelling, my brokenness, for pain is not heaped into the trash and taken out to the curb when it has run its course. If we choose, that soul-wrenching, debilitating pain can be used to provide not only growth in ourselves, but a catalyst to help others. And here is where the beauty is born. Mm. That is powerful. That is amazingly beautiful, painful, deep, true words. Thank you. That is hard. That is hard to read. (laughs) Every time. Every time it's hard to read. But I have a feeling that so, it's not just a feeling. It's a knowing. I know so many moms and dads can relate exactly to that. Yeah. It's hard. Thank you for sharing that because I know that will touch hearts deeply. That's really where a lot of parents and where we help parents get through that is they get stuck in that, well, God, I know, I know you have the power to heal my child and you're choosing not to. Mm-hmm. And why is that? So helping parents work through that anger state, because I was stuck in that anger state for a very long time. 
And I find myself coming back there, you know, when things get really hard, you know, this last spring about a year ago, I was back in that place again myself and working through a Bible study group through curriculum that I wrote the curriculum. I know it. I know it in my head. Mm. I've come through it before, but I was still back in that place of being angry again. And it took me working through a Bible study group with that for me to get to the other side of it. And so don't ever think because you're in this really hard place. And I know I have faith, but I'm I'm mad at God right now. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. God knows you're mad at him. Just don't stay there. Exactly. Just yeah. just don't stay in that spot. And so that's a lot of what we do at Critically Love is help parents get past that and work through the, the healing and get to the other side of the healing part of it. I love it. There's so so much need for that. I know in our workshops we have one of the topics that we cover is chronic grief. And it's mm-hmm. talking about, okay, this isn't a one time we had this happen and we grieved it. Now we move on. It's as you said, we you can be down this journey. We've talked to parents who've who are 30 years down the road and they still have this chronic grief as different things happen or things don't happen. It just re throws us back in the middle of that grief cycle. And of course, anger is part of it. Yeah. And anger is a huge part of that grief cycle. So, so important what you're doing and having that resource available for the parents. So they know, Hey, there's not something wrong with me that I'm feeling these emotions. This isn't right. God's not going to be upset with me that I'm struggling right now with my relationship with him or I'm angry with him. It's those things where it's, yeah, it's so important to have groups that that understand that and to help them to process and reprocess as we go through those emotions. And just to be real with people, like one of my accountability partners really challenged me on a couple of years ago was like, you've got to let these mamas see how much you're struggling. Mm. If they look at you and think you have it all together, they're going to feel like they're inadequate when they don't. And so that's been a big journey for me the last couple of years. And part of writing these blogs and what I work with parents in our Bible studies is Mm. that I've not arrived. Mm. (laughs) If I ever think I have, I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of pride issues to deal with because it's just as hard for me, you know, and I'm, I know I have the head knowledge of how the goodness of God and seeing the beauty among the ashes, but I still get in these hard places and, and that's okay. And it's okay if you are too. And let me walk alongside you as we, you know, work through this together. So that's really a big focus of what we do too. Mm, beautifully stated. And just encourage other parents too, to, you know, be real with a few people, choose wisely who you trust with your heart, yes. but let them in and let them see the heart. I think one of the, really frustrating things as a special needs parent is that people in general in your life think the longer you do it, the easier (laughs) it gets. Well, it's not the case. It's the harder it gets because you get worn and you feel like at times you're drowning and then you finally get a gulp of air and you're pushed right back down again. Well, you can only do that for so long before you just are exhausted. Mm. And so if you're not doing it through the strength of God, if you, you are not leaning on others, if you're not taking breaks, it's going to overcome you. It will take you out. And so be sensitive to that for, for anyone listening who has someone with special needs children in their life. Take them a meal, you know, just pop in and offer to sit with their child or whatever it is. Like love on these parents in the long term because 10 years, 15 years down the road, it's not easier. Yeah, we've got the practical stuff figured out, but emotionally it's harder the longer it goes on. So be there for them and then make sure as a special needs parent, you're allowing other people to be there for you. Perfect. Nice words. Yeah. Great words of advice to close with. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you again for your vulnerability. Thank you for such incredible tips. So thank you.
Before we wrap up, could you share with our audience what resources you offer there at Critically Loved that would be beneficial for those either who do live in the Louisville area, but also more so for those who don't? So our website has a lot of great information for people all across the nation. Like I was talking about before the link, my child was recently diagnosed. Click on there. It gives you lots of tips. It's you know, applicable to anyone. We do offer a lot of online group support. So we just launched a group, for example, last week, and there's eight groups, all four time zones. There's Bible studies you can get plugged into. And we'll be doing that, offering that again later in the year. So if you would like to get plugged in with one of our Bible study groups, feel free to do that. Just go around our website and look to see what would be helpful for you. And you can always reach out to me personally if you have questions or get stuck on something about insurance or healthcare or things like that. And the website is criticallyloved.org. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So, well, Tia Lynn, thank you so much. It has been a delight to chat with you and learn from you and hear about your organization and the help, incredible help that you are providing to parents. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great to to be here and I'd love to see how we can serve families more together.